Hi there, and thanks for listening. I'm David Hansen, the pastor of Spirit of Joy Lutheran Church in the Woodlands, Texas, and I'm really happy to be able to share with you our Sunday sermons. Now, since you found this podcast, perhaps you would be so kind as to help someone else find it. Share it with your friends on social media. Leave a review on iTunes for us. Thanks so much. Now, last Sunday was May 6th, the sixth Sunday of Easter, and the sermon text for the day was Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. And what is it they say about the best laid plans? Yesterday, my recorder wasn't correctly plugged into the soundboard, so the quality of this recording is not quite what it should be, and there's a bit more background noise. But the message is still there, and it was a great Sunday morning. So sit back and enjoy this week's sermon, Community Changes Everything. We are talking this week about how Easter changes everything, and it's sort of like an episode 24, right? Like we're doing like an hour at a time here. We are still on Easter day as we tell these stories. And on the road to Emmaus. And before we get back to the road of Maze, I want to talk about an epidemic that is afflicting our nation, but really all of the Western world. There are all sorts of problems. We could probably name some of them. We probably agree on what some of them are. We probably disagree on what some of the others are. But I think this is the one that we often miss. The epidemic facing our nation is loneliness. For example, you may have heard and your doctor may tell you when you step on the scale that if you are obese, you have a 30% chance of dying early. Okay? That's what we know about, right? We know about being overweight and what a risk for our health is. If you're overweight, it's a 30% chance of dying early. If you are lonely, you have a 50% chance of dying prematurely. chance of dying early. And more and more people describe themselves as lonely every day. And you can look back over the last century, and, and there are a number of turning points, right? So in 1921, this little device was created that would automatically open and close your garage door. So you didn't have to get out and talk to your neighbors when you went in. Right? In the 50s, this wonderful, fantastic device that all Texans love was invented and became extremely popular. You could prop open one of your, air, your windows and stick an air conditioner in it, and your house would be cooler inside. Thanks be to God. But it meant you weren't sitting out on the front porch where you could get a breeze, or in the shade of the tree in your front yard, where your neighbors would walk by. You were inside all by yourself. Then in the 70s, we got uh, the device in your car where you could push the button in your car. You didn't even have to do the keypad on the way in to open the garage door. You could just hit the button and it's open before you even get your car there. You also got HVAC centralized units so they weren't just, you know, those little window units, but the whole house was air conditioned. Why would you ever go outside and see the people that live 
and every sort of volunteer organization in this country is dead. Take your pick. Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, Kiwanis and Lions Clubs, PTAs. We do less and less stuff together, and more and more by ourselves. Just us, or just us and our families. So for example, the number of bowlers, the number of people who bowl in a given week over the last 30 years, what do you think, up or down? Wait, 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 how many think down? How many think up? The number of people bowling each week has gone up, but the number of people enrolled in leagues has crashed. We're bowling alone. We're bowling alone. And I mean, it is an epidemic. It affects, in particular, the oldest and the youngest among us. Those who, who, are, who are young adults and those who are our oldest adults. But it affects everybody at various points in their lives. This loneliness that hits them. And I would like to think that the church is the one place that's an exception to this. We come here and we gather together and we spend time together, but then, then you start to look at the numbers. All right, so there are 325 million people in the U.S., all right? Go with me here. 325 million people in the U.S. Of those, just over a quarter million of them identify as Christians. Now, if they're asked, they'll say, yes, I'm a Christian. Of those 40, quarter million, 130 million say they go to church every Sunday. Or both Sundays. How about both Sundays? 130 million say they go to church on both Sundays. But, that's when they ask you. right? When they ask people, can you go to church each week, the number is 130 million. When they ask me, when they ask churches and synagogues and, and, and cathedrals, how many people did you have last week? The number is about 65. That means, forget the people who don't identify as Christians. 75% of the people who identify as Christian decide to stay home on a given week. The head of the Southern Baptist Association, which counts, I think, somewhere around 10 million people on their rolls, said Jesus himself could not find 10 million Southern Baptists on a Sunday morning. We're doing faith alone, too. We're bowling alone, and we're worshiping alone, and we wonder why we're so lonely. So, back to Emmaus and this story. Back to Emmaus and this story. The disciples are, are walking along, Cleopas and someone else, and they're walking seven miles to Emmaus. They're getting their steps in. Seven miles to Emmaus. And they're walking along, and Jesus is there, and they don't recognize him. This happens again and again in the resurrection stories. People don't always recognize Jesus. They're walking along, and they don't recognize him. They have what's got to be the best Bible study ever, where Jesus is about to walk along, right? Is opening the scriptures to them. And... They get to Emmaus. They still recognize Jesus. Until when? Until when? 
The bread and the bread at the end, right? Until they sit down and share a meal. I think the key to the epidemic that we're facing is right here. It's meals shared together. It's again and again in the, in, in the, in the stories of Scripture. Think about how much of it is about meals. Like, God's people love to eat, friends. And they love to eat together. There's a story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 people. Now that's a big pot. There's a story of the Last Supper. There's Jesus on the beach, as we heard it last week, sharing breakfast with his friends. And it's there at the breakfast that they recognize him. There's Jesus this morning, recognizing the breaking of the bread. It's no accident that the center of our worship space is a table around which we gather for a meal. What would it look like if we started to invite one another out to dinner for the week? If we started to invite one another into our homes and got to know one another, to build relationships, to build community, to build connection, that's what changes everything. Look, if you're not worried about anything else, your health will be better if you get to know one another better. If that's all you care about, that's a pretty good starting place. Coming to worship every week and getting to know one another outside of worship, whether it's in a reading group with our, 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 our Bible in 90 Days program, or inviting someone out to dinner, or inviting someone into your home, you will be healthy. That's a pretty good reason in and of itself. But it's not just that. Your faith will grow as you grow in relationship with other people of faith. Your faith will be strengthened as you learn the stories of other people. One of the things that's afflicting us in our loneliness is it's really easy to hate and be mad at people that we don't know. And given the epidemic of loneliness, there's a lot of people we don't know. But when you learn people's stories, when you sit and you share a meal with them, when you share that bond of breaking bread together, sharing the things that you love together, sharing the reality that the things that unite us are better and more than the things that divide us, your faith will grow. You will grow in love and in connection because community changes everything. This story of Emmaus, the rest of these stories that we've been hearing this Christmas season are about how Christmas season, Easter season, are about how we, you and I, are the body of Christ. And to be a follower of Christ, to be a Christian, is to be in relationship with one another. My left hand has to be in relationship with my right hand. My people who sit over here every Sunday have to be in relationship with the people who sit over here every Sunday. We are created for community. Did you catch that in Genesis? The Lord God said it is not good for this human to be alone. It is not good for us to be alone. It's not good for our faith. It's not good for our health. It's not good for our life. We, God created us for community. I invite you this week to push yourself. If you're like me, if you would just as soon sit home on the couch and you know, 
you're someone who would just as soon be with your family as anyone else, push yourself this week and ask, how can I reach out to someone and form a new relationship? How can I reach out to someone and deepen a relationship? Maybe even share a meeting this week with someone new. Build community because community changes everything.